Welcome to Truthzilla, week number two. Two. So excited to be here. We're your hosts. I'm Ed. I got Scott on my left and Megan on my right. How are you guys doing today in this COVID-1984 pandemic? I'm doing pretty awesome, man. This is really refreshing. I was really excited from some of the, a lot of the feedback we got from the last episode, and we're ready to roll, man. Absolutely. Really excited, ready to go. Wonderful, wonderful. So have you guys seen any of these uh, Mary Poppins thugs with their umbrellas and hammers? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They're yeah. out and about, causing a ruckus. How about any of these pallets of bricks laying around? Yep, yep, yep. Some uh, Warren Buffett bricks. Nice, nice. Yeah, yep. look it up, look it up. Good stuff. Acme Brick Company, owned by Warren Buffett. How is that even? Yeah, that's weird. That that's out there, but mm-hmm. but we love it. Um, so first of all, before we get into things here, I just want to uh, give a shout out to to Scott here, who's been uh, kind of the brains of this operation, oh, God, put the no. whole back end together. I'm just giving you some props, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I was going to say, don't do that, because now they know who to target. And uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. But, and on that same note, man, like I, I don't know exactly how you guys are feeling, but man, this has been a, a great week for me. I just feel so refreshed and uplifted. Um, like I said last week, I've just... I felt so isolated since this thing has hit. I felt like alone and I felt like I'm fighting something that like is so much bigger than, than, than me. And uh, just to be on the same page with people, to be uh, have a community. And I, I know we're kind of part of a greater community, but uh, just to be with you two and just, just seeing your feeds and whatnot, like I am just uplifted daily. And I, th- I, I feel like this is uh, a good thing that we're doing here. You absolutely, know? absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And I feel like that it's, it's such good energy and there's such good knowledge between the three of us at this table, the passion that we have for everything that we have discussed and will discuss um, is just going to carry us forward to truth. And I'm super stoked about that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And how about you, Scott? Scott, I know you had some current events that we we're going to maybe address you know, before we get to our topic. Totally, man. You know, I just feel like it's important to say that, like, uh, you know, I, bottom line is, is that, you know, I'm not saying that uh, I'm discounting what's going on in the world. You know what I mean? I think activism is a beautiful thing. And so I think that sure. it's important, you know, when we question these things, we're not discounting the movements. We're not discounting the philosophy behind it. We're not trying to say these people are, are in the wrong at all, man. I'm all about it. You know, I feel like this whole system needs to start from scratch. You know, we're all, literally all in this together, man. Um, I could very well be completely wrong about uh, some of these conclusions that I've come to sure. about it. Um, I could be completely wrong uh, that this, you know, probably it could be, uh, you know, from the ground up grassroots movement. Um, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> and I better be wrong. Yeah. Or else we're in a lot of trouble, yeah. you know? Deep shit. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer of supporting any cause that fights injustice. I just want people to have all the information, you know? There's a lot of evidence that shows that there is a much bigger game being played right now. You know, the people are, 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 are you know, the people that are our enemy, our enemy, our enemy, everyone listening, uh, they're playing chess right now. Okay. And this has been going on for a long time. And the people who are engaging with the enemy right now, whether it's intellectually, spiritually, or in physical combat, you know, they don't even know what chess is, a lot of them, and they don't even realize that the game is being played. Right. Um, I get my information from all sides, man. Left wing, right wing, you know, like what, you know, what would be considered right wing, what would be considered left wing. You know, some of my favorite sources are, are you know, very progressive, like the Jimmy Doors sure. and Abby Martins and Robbie Martins, dude. They're on point, dude. 100%. So we're not just right wing conspiracy theorists? Right wing conspiracy no. theorists, dude. <laughs> not so you much. No, not at all, man. 
Um, you know, I think it's important because like the First Amendment was put in place to protect the freedom of the press because at one point the press, their job was to uh, call out the government to, to, sure. to uh, you know, to question what the hell they were doing, you know, they were, they served to give, you know, speak truth to power. But today, you know, the media, which is then propagated by social media is strictly there to divide us into right and left yep. and in order to control us better. Um, even if you don't watch the news, man, like it's it, like that information trickles down through our Facebooks and our yep. Instagrams and yep. our Twitters, yeah. and it just and and sometimes you know it depends on who you follow and what you kind of tend to get in the echo chamber where it's only your opinion reverberating, you know. So it is important to get all sides of it, hundred um, percent. So you know, the question I have is like, okay, so if the government and then of course this international cabal that runs you know, even higher that tells our government what to do, you know, the banking elites and stuff like that. Um, you know, if they didn't want violence and riots in the streets, why is there so much evidence to suggest that they are provoking the violence themselves, you yeah. know, um, by infiltrating these mo movements with agent provocateurs, you know, it's, it's a game plan that they use over and over and over. They used it in the civil rights movement with yeah. COINTEL PRO, look up COINTEL PRO. Um, they used it during the Occupy movements. You know, an otherwise peaceful demonstration, they infiltrated it and started violence and riots and then forced the police to take action, you know. I just want to, you know, I'm just asking questions. I want to ask questions. Um, the answers I get to some of these questions through the research are, are you know, it's, it's highly suspicious. You know, the pallets of bricks, you know, they trace that back to a company called Acme, you know, Acme Brick or whatever, Masonry Company, owned by Warren Buffett, man. Um, you know, the Ferguson riots after the Michael Brown killing in 2014, another similar incident, you know, uh, a lot of those uh, protesters that were, you know, claimed to be affiliated with Antifa showed up a few days later after they didn't get their paychecks for going to that original riot <laughs> chanting, George Soros, where's my money? George Soros, where's my money? That was like the chant. Yep. And of course, you alluded to it, the Umbrella Man. If you guys haven't <laughs> seen the, like, the mysterious Umbrella Man incident in Minneapolis, like it's crazy, you know, and it just seems like all of this from the COVID to the riots, it's all just in lockstep with this bigger agenda. And it, it, it's, you know, supposedly going exactly according to plan. Um, you know, with this end game being what we're seeing right now, um, just justification for the federalization and further militarization of the police state by removing local and uh, state police and replacing them with military and UN troops. Um, you know, this is like final stage type stuff. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this in your life? Sure, there's been demonstrations and riots and stuff before, but have you ever seen anything like this before? <laughs> they just, like today, they took Seattle. They took Seattle. You know, they took Seattle, man. Like, what the hell? You know? Um, so for me, it's like, yes, the police are out of line, man. Like, it's, it rep they represent an institution. They are the, the physical arm of the government. They are the enforcement arm of the government. And they are out of control. There are things that need to change, need, need to happen. I mean, just going back to, like, the Rampart scandal in the 90s, like, this, this major group of, 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 of police officers literally got away with murder. You know what I mean? And that's an interesting one, too. Look, look into that. They, like, they suspect that that's uh, tied to, like, the Biggie Smalls murder. Like, those cops were involved with that. Like, that's an interesting <laughs> one. But, you know, you know I'm, I'm of the opinion, and, you, you know, you guys can say, you know, I don't know. So here's what I'm thinking. Like, you know... Third parties hold the police forces accountable, like these internal auditors, internal investigation. You know that that seems insane that they would, you know, put, they patrol themselves. Internal affairs, right? Sure. Like, what is up with that? And something needs to be on the outside. Banning private prisons, and you know, I got an article in Reuters today yeah. saying that they banned yeah. private prisons in California today. I don't know what's going to come of that, but that's a huge step in the right direction. Um, uh, and then also, the, I'm of the opinion that. Drugs should be decriminalized and treated as a health and public 
public health issue. You know what I mean? Um, release all nonviolent prisoners from from prison, all our nonviolent drug offenders from prison, man. Um, and plus, the police shouldn't operate in like this covert manner. You know, they shouldn't be like hiding and, and using all this stuff in order to get us. You know, like if you look at European police vehicles, but they're you know they wear like these bright yellow vests and these bright you know colors, and like they're out there to you know make their presence known, not to be sneaky and devious. Like it's it's just all messed up, man. And it's like. Um, so, like, to the end that I was just talking about, like, this this federalization of the police, you know, you can go back to things that are just publicly known, dude, during the Iran-Contra scandal. You know, some of you might have heard of that. Oliver North got in a lot of trouble for uh, selling guns to Nicaraguans and using that money to pay off the Iranians and stuff like that. It's, a, it's an interesting story. But um, during the, you know, he got in trouble for trying to cover that up. And in front of Congress, this thing called uh, Readiness Exercise 84 came up. Um, also known as Rex 84, or excuse me, Readiness Exercise 1984, appropriately, <laughs> uh, known as Rex 84. And uh, so right here, it just says that uh, ready, Rex 84, short for Readiness Exercise 1984, is a contingency plan developed by the United States federal government to suspend the United States Constitution <laughs> in response to civil unrest, declare martial law, <laughs> place military commanders in charge of state and local governments and detain large numbers of American citizens who are deemed to be national security threats in the event that the president declared a national emergency. So just to be clear, we're talking about concentration camps within the United States filled up with United States citizens. Yeah, who are deemed as national security threats. For a number of reasons. For instance, they could say that we can't own guns, and if you don't mm -hmm. comply, why then you're a threat to the state, and we're going to lock you up. And further, and this is uh, something else that kind of comes in under this uh, uh, cable splicer agenda is mm -hmm. uh, like uh, psychosurgeries, where we're talking about... Um, operating on people who are uh, unwilling uh, to be mm. uh, forced into compliance with um, this government agenda. And um, it's, it's really, really scary, and it's very, very real. It's been written about for, I don't know what, 40, 50 years at this point. And uh, there's, there's documentation of this plan that they're mm -hmm. really um, – we're literally, I feel like we're watching in real time them yeah. like systematically roll this out and you can almost look at the doctrine and look at what's happening in society and, and look at this blanket conclusion that you all, I mean, it's just stark. Yeah. It's stark. So. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. And you know, I really wanted to, so Megan Heretic Girl over here has her own YouTube channel and she's been diving into doing a book study of Behold the Pale Horse right here. And uh, I just, it, you know, her latest episode, episode eight, she goes, she was reading like right out of, you know, Bill Cooper does a really good, you know, some uh, analysis in there too. And she, she was, I was like, wow, that's exactly what's going on right now. So we have that on our YouTube channel under playlist. You can catch up on all that. Um, but she was talking about cable splicer right there, which is a sub uh, category of the Rex 84 plot along with uh, what garden plot operation garden plot. You know what right. I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. So they say in the uh, cable splicer, it's uh, like a three part strategy. A, keep the people from gathering in the streets. Mm -hmm. B, isolate and neutralize the revolution's leadership. And C, dispersal of crowds and demonstrators. And I think like B, for example, isolate and neutralize revolution's leaders. So we're seeing with big tech censorship, what, what a great way. Like you just, you, your voice is no longer heard. Like, you know, we'll see how long this podcast stays out. You know, on the, yeah. the we're right. going to have to find uh, different ways to disseminate this information. Uh, you know, there's a really good podcast I listened to recently. It's the Ripple Effect podcast uh, um, with Ricky Verandis, right? They just did this thing called yeah. the Union of the Unwanted, like 25 yeah. like uh, people in the alternative news community getting together that were hashing out 
okay, we're, you know, plat, you know, YouTube may not be an option long term. And so how are we going to, you know, do this? And it's a great conversation. Definitely recommend checking that out. But, uh, you know, this just goes on and on and on. It's just insane. Um, so, uh, you know, so it's all related to civil disturbances. So they want civil disturbances. Absolutely. So that, that, that grants them justification. justification. That allows, yeah, yeah. Th that's what we don't want. We don't want unrest. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what they do want. Yeah. Um, to the point to where they are having to dispatch uh, higher and higher forces of police. We don't want them rolling out the National Guard. We mm -hmm. don't want the President yeah. of the United States declaring a national emergency because that is going to open the door to all of this. I mean, they can suspend, as soon as, as, soon as that's done, um, immediately the Constitution of the United States is suspended mm -hmm. and the proposed Constitution of the New States of America kicks in, which is underneath all of this and, yeah. and essentially there is no more sovereignty there is no more rights there is no more deciding there is no more personal property and personal finances all, all of that is over um, and so it's it's really important to look at all of this under this um, I think under this broader blanket mm -hmm. too as we're discussing all of these social issues and yes are there things to look at within these agendas that are um, legitimate absolutely mm -hmm. like you were talking about absolutely um, but why and this is I think we just we touched on this just barely last time, but why is that happening what is the push for this because it's not this this uh, the crazy unrest and the amount of um, out of proportion blow up and I think that we're hearing this from from really all of the legitimate players in this game is that, that this is not a part of what they stand for. This is not a part of what they want, but it is absolutely what uh, our oppressive government would like to see happen and what they would like to encourage us to continue to do so that they have this justification, they have this excuse to say, hey, well, they're out of control and we need to come in and, and rein that in. Yep, and that's it. That's the bottom line right there. So, yep. folks, you know, we're not discounting the movement. We're just saying, we're just saying, hey, just ask a question or two. You know, if this is if this if this touches on something that feels uncomfortable in, inside of you, that you know, it's 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 um, you know, it's something they call cognitive dissonance. You can't hold two opposing ideas in your head at the same time, and uh, it keeps people from thinking critically or questioning things. And so, just you know, maybe look some of these things up. You know. Um, use DuckDuckGo. Don't use Google to look this stuff up because you won't be able to find it. But like I'm saying, like just, just, just try it. Just look. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy stuff. You'll and like I said, seek. and I, like I said, I pray that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. Dead wrong. <laughs> so that would that is the ultimate hope. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. All right. Well, thank you both. I mean, that's uh, scary. <laughs> but but it's, it's good to know, but you know, it's that knowledge, the that's the yeah, point. the yes. knowledge is key because I, again, it's always going to come back to if enough of us know what's going on, yep. we are more powerful than Absolutely. them. And that's what this podcast is founded on. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so today, um, for a topic of what, what our, uh, conspiracy theory proved true. Truth. Yes. Truth. Yes. Um, it, we're going to touch on today is the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. And um, I, I just think a lot of people don't know that um, vaccine manufacturers, doctors, um, and the governing agencies around vaccines have no liability. None. Um, and we're going to get into that. And b b before we get into that specific issue, I think we need to address the, the relevance of this conversation today. And um, obviously, you know, with the COVID-1984, uh, I can't even say it without the 84 <laughs> anymore. But, um, you know, I mean, right now they are rushing a vaccine. They have skipped animal trials. And we are talking about rushing a vaccine in as little as six months. 
um, which a vaccine they normally take five years. And we'll get into why the, even the five-year studies they do aren't very good right. studies. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the idea of this rushed vaccine for a coronavirus, first of all, they've been trying to do this vaccine for 17 years. And, and they've done plenty of animal studies. And, and one of the things that they have found very often is a thing called accelerated hyperimmunity. Is it, can I ask a question? So like, um, so you said they've been trying to do coronavirus vaccines for 17 years. There's other forms, right? Yeah, there's, there's, the, there's, SARS there's the SARS. And, yeah, and, yeah. And those and are all coronaviruses. Yeah, certainly, right. certainly. Yeah. There's, there's many coronaviruses, but um, they've been trying to make a coronavirus for, for this long. Unsuccessfully is, is the key there. So, so essentially we've just pumped billions of dollars in this from all over the world. And, and I'm sure you've heard on the media everywhere you go that that is our only solution. Right. Because the only way we're going to get through this is with this mm -hmm. coronavirus vaccine. You know, yep. here in our state, that's the only way they're going to get back to full open. You know, opening up is by if until they have a vaccine or or a reliable treatment. And an untested, say. unproven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely no idea of what what it would. I mean, yeah, we're obviously getting into that, but I mean, yeah, that is the that's the solution. Sure. That's the and, whole solution. And, the, and you said a key thing here there too, Scott. And they they add that or reliable treatment, but mm -hmm. do we even do they even really mean that? No, nope. they don't mean nope. that. Mm -hmm. They mean until we have the vaccine. Yep. We kind of all know that until we can they stick a needle in your just arm. For all of us people that know the hydro. Uh, Hydrochloroquine, hydroxychloroquine. hydroxychloroquine, like they, there are plenty of studies that show that that has been a very effective treatment. And it's been treatment. used, been used, it, they, they distribute tens of thousands of doses of it every day it's yeah, for it's, a long time. Yeah. And, and to say that we don't have the, the safety testing on mm -hmm. that is, is ridiculous because if you go to another country where they have malaria, they'll give it to a pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. right. So so uh, we do have the safety testing. It's just, it is that pill actually costs, is a 50 cent a pill. Um, Mm -hmm. drug so there is no money to be made in it mm. so um so the idea of of what's going on today and just the idea of how um vaccines are such a you know it's when you bring up vaccines like mm. all people shut their shut their minds down like immediately and uh, i wanted to talk about something that's going on today just one of the things that happened that kind of puts a lot of this in perspective and uh um so they've been doing these trials on, on these new vaccines. And, and one of the lead uh, companies doing these trials is Moderna. I'm sure you've heard of them if you watch the news at all, Moderna. And uh, you can easily link that to the uh, NIH, uh, the Fauci's, Fauci's uh, who has the, the patent for mm -hmm. it. There. So, the, so NIH, the NIH has the patent? For they have the patent for that Moderna's using. So, oh. so there is a direct conflict of interest. You can follow that up yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but Anyways, so they have these trials, and if you see any of these headlines that they, for these trials, all they say is, look how pr they, these things look so promising. Like these, these vaccines, everything's going as planned. They look like we're going to be able to pump these out really quick. But if, if you read the articles, yeah, that's, that's a, a thing going on right now, is the, the headline and the article data, they, they are two different things. And, and we have to know that today, that when you see a headline, that there is a good chance that what you read is going to directly go in the opposite direction and so so anyways uh, in this Moderna trial you know we have 48 participants and uh, we have three serious reactions now do you call that a successful study three serious reactions I mean I, I kind of think that maybe uh, we have we have a little ways to go at least right we have a little ways to go 
So um, the, what I want to focus on is one of the one of the serious reactions, the most severe reaction uh, was was a guy named Ian Hayden, and he's he's 29, he's from Seattle, Washington, and uh, he had the the most severe reaction of of all of them, and uh, essentially it was his second dose, and he was doing they were apparently doing uh, three different sizes of the the vaccine um, or amounts of whatever uh, was in the vaccine, and um, he had the most. So and we'll get into how that applies in a second but he, he leaves his uh, after the second dose he goes home he goes to sleep after 10 hours after he got the vaccine he wakes up he has 103.2 temperature so he goes to urgent care him and his girlfriend they give him some Tylenol and whatnot send him home he goes back to sleep sleeps five hours wakes up goes straight to the bathroom throws up faints falls and hits his head so now this is this is what he said in an interview now at the same time in this interview he is doing nothing but backing up the idea of this vaccine. He, he's saying that, you know, I had this I had this reaction, but I still think that this vaccine is going to be what we need to, to conquer this virus. And the point of this is, is that is how deep the programming is, people. We have to be able to look at the data that's right in front of us and, and acknowledge. And, and the reality is, I mean, and we'll get into it as we go here, too, that, um, that, that Congress has... Uh, has called vaccines unavoidably unsafe. That is Congress's words. Um, so, so, and we'll, we'll get into that as we go here. Um, but the point is, is that we need to acknowledge that vaccines cause harm. Because mm -hmm. right now we're having such a trouble, people cannot admit it. And, and the media will tell you that they're safe and effective. That's another media soundbite you've heard a ton of times, and that, or it's one in a million. One yeah. in a million. Well, so then it's like also like what's an acceptable risk, right? So so what's what's for the greater good? What's the acceptable risk? And maybe some people are willing to accept like if it kills a hundred children and, and it saves like you know a hundred thousand. Like what 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 is the what is the point? What is the threshold for where it's an acceptable rate of harm, right? Well, and the thing is too is the science the science doesn't support that they're safe. Yeah. In no and there is no science that supports that vaccines in any way, shape, or form are safe. I mean, I, I, I try to find it. Yeah. You can't because it doesn't exist. And, and I think, um, you know, I would say I've, I've been a part of this move, movement for um, a couple of years now. And uh, there, is, there is a big movement um, to, for vaccine, to basically uh, informed consent. Informed consent, Informed exactly. consent is, is what people want because they're pushing mandates across the country. Mm. But um, the big thing is, is what you need to know is that the, the risk has been understated and the benefits have been overstated. Yes. And it is, it is to the point where you just, you don't know it and we're gonna try to give you a little piece of it here. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up though, before we move on from, uh, from Eden Hayden here, is that, you know, he's, his argument was is that I had the, the large amount, we're not gonna use that in the actual vaccine, you know, we're not gonna use that. but. Do you know that, or do you think that vaccines have different sizes? No, vaccines are all one size fits all. There was, there was a time where the flu shot had two different sizes and there was a smaller one for, for babies. They said, you know, we don't need to do that. So now all vaccines. So you're, if you have a, a baby, let's say you have a four pound preemie baby, they're getting the exact same shot as a 300 pound man. This so so I think um, that's just kind of puts some things in perspective. Um, you know, it, vaccines are not one size fits all. Can you say, what was his name, Ian? Um, let's see, it was Ian Hayden. Ian Hayden, well, I hope you're feeling much better, bro. And I hope that, like, you know, maybe, you know, you know. 
and certainly and start and, thinking, start questioning this stuff. Yeah, and and, yeah. and we're talking about these are the within twenty four hour reactions. You know, right. there we have not heard anything about what what happens two weeks later, what happens six months down the road, and that's that's um, next year, ten years from now, reproductively they have they don't know, certainly. they don't know, and they're certainly. not gonna know. Mm-hmm. So um, as we get into this, first of all, I wanted to, we had a, a listener reach out after the first episode um, that kind of related to some of the things I talked about vaccines last week, and I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate it, and um, you know I am a hundred percent with you, and I am. Uh, I know that you're not alone, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's one of the techniques they use to um to suppress this is yeah. make us feel like we're crazy and that we're just so alone on this. So that we're afraid to come talk about it, you exactly. know. And so we just or stay isolated, you know. Yeah. Bad parents to question it. Bad parents to go against the narrative, and we need to just take what we have been told by these schooled professionals that that this is the way when when really if we look at what the skilled professionals have learned and who they learned it from we're going to find that it's based on um, nothing that's scientific and and it's it's financially pure agenda yeah Yeah. there is great financial uh, Mm -hmm. incentives in baked into this whole thing for Mm -hmm. sure um but but in the the idea that we're not alone i mean i think if, if you were to see the rallies and i don't know if the, the news sometimes show a little piece of this, but I mean, just here in Oregon, man, when, when last year there was, they tried to put a bill through to mandate uh, vaccines. And I mean, there was a thousand people at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. There's a thousand people. And this is happening in every state. Right. And, and because, because of what I touched on earlier too, is that there are lobbyists waiting every time a session goes through to the right time to put these bills through. Yeah. Don't think that these are like these good politicians that are looking out for, for our health and safety. There are lobbyists, trying to enforce this. And, and this is, in a lot of ways, a last-ditch uh, effort to, to do this because people are waking up, and I think they know it is the problem. Yeah. Yep. There is a growing, swelling community yep. of people yep. that are that are seeing the, the fallacy to this whole argument. Yeah, in fact, right here it says, the so the Big Pharma is the largest lobby, lobby had the most lobbyists in Washington, and they have uh, more lobbyists uh, than all the Congress people and senators combined, and they give twice as much in donations and handouts and freebies as the second highest one, which is oil and gas. So they are they give they have twice as much uh, financial um, you know gratuities to Congress and than um, oil and gas. So just think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, before we get into exactly the 1986 bill, I thought it would be kind of. Um, Kind of good to just kind of, I'm going to kind of go over a little bit more of my experience and I really feel like some of the things that has helped me snap out of this is just like the the real emotion of like putting yourself in the shoes of someone that has to deal with this. And so, you know, um, I just wanted to like, you know, my son, uh, I touched on, you know, my, my daughter went through a period where she threw up every single day and sometimes 20 times in a day. And that one was... Uh, Again, this, these are things that are pediatricians will tell you that there are phases, there, a phase. Your, your child's going through a phase. You know, they've made up this new term called uh, toddler diarrhea. You know, they, uh, babies turn, oh, it's one years old and they start having diarrhea. Oh, it's toddler diarrhea. That's made up. That's made up because we have these new new things we have to deal with, you know. Um, so if, if you have a child that's going through a phase, you know, um, you know, that could be vaccine injury, you know. Uh, um, but with my son, you know, um, the, the, the really scary time that we went through was, um, you know, when, when, when you call to your child that has been, 
I had a child that was healthy and happy and and was would make eye contact and laugh when you looked into his eyes and then there was this point where he was it was like he was lost in there it was like he he couldn't get out of his own head you know and um you would call his name and he would just stare out he would just stare out and you know he didn't respond and it was it's heartbreaking to talk about you know um and he did these things that are classical signs of uh, autism and, and things you know he did the, the toe walking he had the little nervous tics um he used to do these things where he would go into the kitchen and he would stack the cans and he would stack them like in this perfect line um and uh you know it you know uh, uh, granted you know, um, we took the decision to stop vaccinating, and that was a hard decision, man. There's there's not anyone in the medical world that's going to back you up. And, uh, you know, I mean, there there are, I'll clarify, there are good doctors. There are good doctors. But in this issue, most doctors don't believe in vaccine injury themselves. And or, it's they're, because or they're suppressed. They, they're, they're under serious scrutiny within their within their within the medical community and their peers to even sure, bring this sure. up. I mean, they're absolutely blacklisted, essentially. I mean, they, they lose credibility and they lose patience, and it's it's a big deal. Um, they can get they can really get into a lot of trouble, too, going against, you know, these pediatric guidelines that have been set forth because even, like you say, they don't even know. They don't know what, the, what it is that they're pushing because what they have been taught is based all on false or um, incomplete or simply non-existent information sure and and i think that um we've created a society where where parents don't recognize these things that are happening as a vaccine injury anyway so the doctors aren't seeing this stuff come in and th tying it either so I, I i'm not going to like point my finger at all the doctors like the, no. and and whatnot it's we have a system that's that's mm. been manipulated yes mm -hmm. we have a system that's been manipulated and we've all been lied to and manipulated and that's kind of the a theme we'll see in every one of these issues we we, we touch but mm -hmm. um I, I do want to just say you know some of the things like i believe that my son suffered from encephalopathy because there was a time we were out camping and it was after a vaccine and he screamed for just it's felt like forever but it was probably a good eight to ten hours and it was just we were up all night and he was just man it's just heartbreaking you know and um i think that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back of like we really started um you know and looking at vaccines you know and and i will say that you know uh, again as i referenced last time but the the mother um of my children is like she deserves all the credit on this one right like i i was still brainwashed right like it took a while for me to accept and and, and that's why i like i have compassion for you if, if you if you can't wrap your head around this issue yet mm -hmm. but i'm but i want you to understand that that please look at the other side because you know your your child's health is at stake mm -hmm. you know and um so and just just to touch on like some of the healing stuff we did you know we got out we did some stuff that like the medical community would not endorse you know mm -hmm. we went and did hyperbaric oxygen therapy where you go get in a, an oxygen chamber and you just are breathing like like pure oxygen and you sit in there for an hour you know and we and uh we did uh homeopathy another thing that is so looked down upon by our medical community but uh, there's a, a I truly believe in homeopathy, you know, and there's there's a, a lot of wealth of information that says it, it works very well as, as well. Um, we even tried another uh, thing called TRS spray, which is, um, it's like a detox that um, will detox metals from your body. Um, and, you know, I will say, you know, my son is doing great today. Um, I, 
are there lasting effects? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I know that I know that I truly believe if we would have not stopped vaccinating, that my son would be stuck in there. You know, he would be stuck in there. And uh, absolutely, I have uh, something similar happened, uh, not, I mean, just in terms of a vaccine injury, and I didn't touch on this last time, but uh, my oldest daughter, when she was, I think it, I think she must have been eight or nine months old, and we were on, we were sort of, at that point, we had had, um, we actually had home births with a midwife, and we were already kind of leaning away from um, immunizations anyways, and we had these brand new babies, and thought, well, we're going to do it on a delayed schedule, and da-da-da. Um, but we did start to um, uh, immunize uh, our first two children and our daughter around the time that she was seven or eight months old um, we were within I don't know I want to say 12 13 hours of these shots and she just started vomiting 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 terrible projectile vomit um, terrible diarrhea and this just went on and on and on and we were taking her back to the pediatrician and and long story short because I don't want to get too carried away on this but uh, they ended up telling us and putting her through all of these heinous tests and then ultimately we were being told that they thought that she had leukemia mm. that she went downhill overnight due to leukemia now when she got this um, shot by the way in the office um, and unlike the previous times that she had been in or even our, our older son um, she began just screaming. I mean, not like crying because she was upset that the strange nurse touched her and not like a normal, you know, like we have kids, sure, so you know sure. what it's like when a kid cries and when they're like hurt. Yeah. Um, and just this shrill screaming, like turning purple in the face and not catching her breath. And this just went on and on. I ended up having to go out of the the room that we were sitting in and get my doctor. And she literally, I will never forget, she literally went, well, there's nothing we can do. Mm. She says, there's nothing we can do. She said, we'll document it. Um, so I went home with this baby. Like I say, she was a projectile vomit. It was horrible, horrible. And by the end of like the ninth day, she started losing weight um, from vomiting, from the diarrhea. She couldn't keep anything down. And by the end of like 10, 11 days, she had lost so much weight and lost so much energy and strength that um, she couldn't walk anymore. Um, and she was, so I guess she must have been around nine months old because I remember she started walking around eight. So she, she literally couldn't walk anymore. She wasn't pulling herself up in her crib. Um, and it was at that time, and then you're talking about kind of some treatments that the medical community wouldn't necessarily, um, uh, sorry. Endorse. Yes, um, but we saw a chiropractor um, because we were thinking, okay, we're gonna, if, if she's sick from what they put in her body, we're gonna try to work it from the inside out. And one of the things that we started researching was um, essentially, you know, the, the spinal cord is connected to your brain and it sends all of these messages for your body to be able to be whole and healthy and, and really to be in the optimum amount of your body's conditioning to be able to, to, as human beings, our bodies are made to be able to heal themselves and to um, repair themselves. So we have to really give them, give your body the best option to do that. Um, so anyways, we began to see um, a chiropractor who also was a holistic um, into holistic medicine and, and diet and all of these kind of things and it was through just completely instituting a different diet and, and, and seeing her like every three or four days but within two weeks our daughter made I mean she was walking again the projectile vomiting so she started keeping food down and we we were done I mean, that was it. I mean, and there, were, there was no doubt in my mind at that time. And just the fact that the doctor just, she looked at us with this screaming baby with this pearl face, and she goes, the hand, just like this, like, well, we see this all the time, and go home and deal with it, you know? Like, this is the way it goes. And I also believe if we had continued to um, immunize her that, that we would have lost you know her sure, ability sure. to function properly, that you know, perhaps that she wouldn't have survived um, the, what are we at, 72 
child immunizations that they're supposed to receive at this point up to the age of 18. So it's a lot. And, and I can just I can just relate and I, I can tell you from your story that is a hundred percent of vaccine injury from what I know of vaccine injury. Right. That that is exactly something that I mean and there is this common thing that happens um, with with the medical community and and parents as well and, and mostly I'll I will uh, preface that this is mostly uh, mothers and this is this dates back to um, the 70s 80s when when you know when this movement really got really going is that it was the the crazy mothers versus doctors yes crazy absolutely. mothers versus doctors the and medical community is very very good at invalidating people who come against them with true and proper information and true and proper questions and to question at all that they, they will label I mean like in so many other areas but they label them and immediately discredit them just by the label that they're given when sure. really they have this powerful amount of information and knowledge that they're they're coming forward with and and who knows a child better than their mother right Absolutely. There, there isn't anyone so I, I really think that that's a piece of this argument that must be said over and over and and you'll you also see with these rallies and stuff and and I have to admit as a man that this is this is generally a mother's fight yeah. like most of most of these rallies you're gonna see women across across you know outside these courthouses by the by the handfuls you know and there's not many men so I'm trying to do my part I'm I'm excited that I get to speak here because you know I I'm so busy and that's an excuse, whatever, but like I, I need to do my part. Mm -hmm. I need to stand up and say something and make my voice heard, you know. And coming back to that person who uh, who wrote into us last week, you know, like I get what you were saying, like, you know, you don't want to like you put your job in jeopardy and these things. And I have to say, like, I feel that way too. Right. I do. But I at the same time, I feel like I feel we're at a tipping point. I feel we're at a tipping point that if we don't stand up and make our voices heard, that we're not going to have a choice. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we're not going to have a voice either pretty right. soon. Yeah. Well, they're they're really quickly trying to take that away and, yeah. yeah. Not to get off topic, but yeah. yeah. So so let's get into the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. And I thought the, the best way I thought to, to bring this up is to, to bring a person who I would consider kind of like the, uh, the, the godmother of uh, this fight that, that is going on right now. Um, someone who, you know, obviously this has been going on for for hundreds of years, but this person really is, I look at as like, I have just so much respect for her, and that's Barbara Lowe Fisher. She um, she was there when the, with the signing of the 1986 bill. And um, just a little, I'm gonna tell you her story, and I don't know if I can read it without getting real emotional here, and I, Get it. you know, um, but it is, it it is incredible. And this is kind of where it all comes from, and in my mind, like this is, this is, this is the fight. This is what we're what we're up against, you know. Um, so Barbara Lowe Fisher, um, and this was in uh, about 1980. She had a son, Chris. Um, I believe he was two at the time, and uh, she took him in for his third DPT shot. Um, and he had he had a local reaction, and uh, he got a big red hard lump. You know, and she thought, well, that was weird. But this isn't a time. You know, the times were different then. You know, they did not have the internet. Um, they, you know, they, people didn't know and people really just trusted. Absolutely. People just trusted and, um, and, and she also came from a medical family, you know, um, her mom was a nurse and she just, she just believed in vaccines, you know, and which I think most people did, you know, and it does come back to though, the, um, the point that you made earlier back then, I believe there was, uh, you got 16 shots for seven diseases, you know, which is nothing compared to what the schedule is today. But, um, so anyways uh so she calls down and she says you know he had this he had this reaction this hard lump and the nurse says you know we just got a bad lot of dpt 
And she thought, and you know, so Barbara Lowe Fisher, in her mind, she's like, oh, so it, did, what, it wasn't effective? So do I need to bring him back down and get another shot? And, and she said, no, no, don't worry about it. Just next time you're in, we'll take care of it, you know? Um, she thought it was too weak is what she meant by a bad lot, you know? So um, anyways, she, she has this boy, and this, this boy is very healthy. He's advanced. He's, um, you know, uh, she said by seven months, this kid was uh, speaking words and by two full sentences. You know, he was, he was more advanced than the kids around him. Um, he was ahead of his peers. So she joined this uh, Mother's Day Out program that said that you needed to have these vaccines done. So she takes in her son, Chris, to, to, get, uh, to get vaccinated for his fourth round. And he's two and a half years old at this point. And he's gonna get, he's just getting the, the DPT and the, the oral polio. Um, and uh, just to put this in context, he had just been sick uh, about three weeks earlier. Um, he had he'd been put on antibiotics. You know, back then they put you on antibiotics for everything. Um, um, he had a gastrointestinal in infection, and um, when he came in for his shots, you know, he was he was healthy and better, but he he was coming off, and he had he had had some diarrhea. So, and, and that's another thing that I don't know if parents know um, that it's you should never take your child to be vaccinated when they're sick. Right. Like that is that is a known thing, and and the doctor will not tell you that. Mm. Anyways, um, so he's acting fine. He has no fever. So they 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 give him. They're gonna give him these shots, and she said that day that her son Chris fought like she'd never seen him fight before. This kid, like he just didn't want it. Like he he knew something bad was gonna happen yeah. from this, right? And um, he he gets the oral polio vaccine, and he spits it out in the nurse's face. And the nurse is pissed, and so she gives him another one. So he probably got one and a half of those that day, you know. Um, then uh, she gives him the DPT, and uh, the. the Barbara and her mom are there, and they're, they're having to hold him down to give him this shot. They have to hold him down, you know. This is the right thing to do, you know. Um, so they went and got lunch, and he was just really quiet, and uh, but he looked really pale. Yeah. Um, they went home, and he just went up to his room, and it, was, and it was just quiet, quiet, quiet. And this kid was a wild kid, you know, running around. And, like, and she's like, what is going on? So she goes and checks on him, and she calls his name, and there's no response. He's sitting in a rocking chair. And staring straight ahead like he, like he couldn't hear. She called his name. His eyes rolled back into the back of his head. She'd never seen before. And uh, his head just fell on his shoulder and he was out. So she puts him in bed. And she, she just thinks, she's still, she, no way in her mind is this a vaccine thing, you know. Just, just like, this is weird, you know. And she, he's just laying there for, for hours, you know. And so then her, her mom calls and, and she tells her, you know, Chris is acting really weird. Like what's going on? And uh, so she and her mom, who's a nurse, says, "You go get him right now. You go get him right now." The reality is, is, he he was out. He was unconscious this time. So she goes and scoops up her kid out of bed, and she she's rocking him in the chair. Like she can't wake him up. She cannot wake him up. So she's just rocking him, and she's screaming his name, Chris, Chris, Chris. And finally, this he kids comes to you know, and he's just he can't he can't talk. He can't walk. And uh, and finally he gets out of the bathroom and she takes him to the bathroom and he has um, just d like this violent diarrhea and it's it's black and it's just it's gross and so she she cleans them all up she throws him back in bed and and the the kid sleeps for twelve hours. What what he was suffering was from was encephalopathy, which is what I believe my son 
had uh, to some degree at, at, at a point too. And um, from that moment on, he regressed physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, this was a kid that was advanced, and regression is not normal. No. Kids do not regress no. that are healthy. Absolutely they do not. not regress. That is an outside thing that makes your child regress. And if you can't accept that, I'm sorry that you've been so trained, but you have to accept that, that you do not, people do not regress normally. This, this kid, he no longer recognized the words in his books. He couldn't count to 20 anymore. He was emotionally fragile. He got angry at the drop of a hat. Um, he just was no longer the same kid. You know, um, and it evolved over months. He had constant diarrhea. He stopped growing. He uh, he wasn't eating the same. He had new allergies, which is another thing that uh, are very often linked to, to vaccines is allergies. Mm -hmm. and we'll get into that. But um, um, and what? It, so she goes and talks to the doctor. And what does the doctor say? It's, it's just a phase. It's just a phase, crazy mother. It's just right. a phase. Right. It's just going through a phase, you know? Yeah, this is normal. Absolutely normal, and don't it, worry about it. And maybe it is normal if you're a pediatrician that's vaccinating all your children. Mm, Correct. That's the problem. <laughs> right. That's the right. problem. Normal that's or? it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so finally, she, she pulls him out of this practice, and she takes him to another doctor. And uh, this doctor takes one look at, at Chris and says, um, it, she, he thinks it's cystic fibrosis or celiac disease. We need to go get him tested. So she takes him to the hospital and gets fully tested for all these things, and everything comes back to negative. And uh, what they tell her, they tell her, take him home and love him. Like, you don't know how to love your child. That's what's going on, you know? Right. So, and this is all, like, she still is, in no way in her mind is it vaccines at this right. point, you know? At this point, there isn't this stuff. Now, this is a different era, though, right? Because now I want to make a point. This is what happens here, and it brings Barbara Lowe Fisher into this fight that's gone for so long, is um, uh, she, she, there's a documentary that comes up on CBS called DPA, DPT Vaccine Roulette, and this aired in the spring of 1982. And these kids were severely damaged from DPT vaccines. And she watches this kid after kid and sees these reactions and she starts putting this together and this is what my son, this is exactly what happened to my son, you know? Mm -hmm. Like it took this, and, and back then the news, news was different. News had to compete with one another. They weren't all owned by the same people. They weren't know? owned by the same five yeah. companies. Yeah. So the news, they needed to compete to make these dollars. And so they would run stories that were against pharma and, and these things. And when this came out, um, she, I mean, she immediately, she called the station and said, I want to see these medical journals. And they said, come on down. She came down and her life, her entire life since then has been uh, this fight. And she started the NVIC, the uh, National Vaccine uh, Inform ah, I'd have to read it. it's Information Center, I believe it is. And it's NV NVIC.org. And uh, it's a wealth of information, wealth of information. But, um, and at that point, they found they founded what it was called the Dissatisfied Parents Together (DPT). I mean, that's what became NVIC. Mm. So, um, yeah, back back then, con consumer advocacy was in fashion, you know. Like, and sh this was okay. Like, they got together, and and she was got to be a part of like what happened with, the, with this 1986 bill. Mm. So, uh, as, as a result of the 1982 this this DPT roulette, what, one of the things that happened was DPT was, roulette. DPT is roulette. Is that what they call it. Wow. That's that's what this, that was what this documentary was that aired on on TV. Yeah. And um, yeah, they would never 
air something like that against no. the the vaccine manufacturers these days. I mean, they they but fund they fund the this the uh, all the cable TV, so it just wouldn't yep. happen. So, yep. um, so anyways, we're we're at a time where um, you know DPT was uh, it was causing brain damage, and they were getting sued all over the place. The oral polio vaccine was causing paralysis, and the people were getting essentially from the oral polio vaccine. They were essentially getting vaccine induced. Uh, polio, mm-hmm. which is, it's, it's its own strain. And then also these people that were getting that, they were shedding it. So another thing that happens, you, you get these live viruses and you shed the actual virus. So, uh, so people around them are getting this. So, so essentially, and then this, this documentary runs and the, there's four vaccine manufacturers at this point. And, um, Merck was one of them. The other three, I forget their ah, names. You can look Merck. them up, but, um, they go to Congress and say, we need liability removed from vaccines or we're going to pull the whole vaccination program and no kids are going to get vaccines because vaccines are so important. Right. You know, they are so important. We're, they made the big blackmail, you know. And so over uh, the next four years, they worked on this bill. And, and Barbara Fisher, Barbara Lowe Fisher and, uh, and these uh, dissatisfied parents together, they were part of, um, they got to help back then, like I said, like the consumers advocacy was was big at this point, you know, they wanted, government wanted the consumers involved, you know, so they were involved in making this decision making. And um, so, you know, um, right from the bat though, what, what the, the manufacturers wanted was complete liability gone. They, they wanted to be completely removed from liability and, um, but they had these consumer advocacy. So, so what happened was uh, these, these parents that were involved, they got to put a lot into this bill and they, they, they worked this bill together and it looked like it wasn't gonna be they were for it to to some extent you know this was maybe the only time that parents that manufacturers and doctors and and all these people were kind of together on this thing so you know this thing is such a it's it's a terrible thing that's happened but it's it's not when it first started you know like this was there was a lot of um safety and research provisions put in this bill at first um there was um they they these parents insisted they, they couldn't let companies and doctors off the hook completely um you know, otherwise uh, there would be no ability of people to put financial pressure on companies and doctors to do the right thing. Um, so what what the 1986, it gave them, uh, it was the liability of failure to warn. So they basically, they had to, they had to um, at that point they had to, it was the vaccine information statements were put put in with the vaccines. And, and at that time, these things were about 20 pages long. And Barbara, Barbara talks because she, she helped write them. Is this like the inserts you see yeah, today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inserts, you hear about all were, the inserts. Have you ever they, read an insert before? At, at that point, they, these were twenty-page inserts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they've been they've been gutted from, yeah. from this point. You know, even um, still, there's some pretty nasty stuff in there. Like, yeah. And so the warning duty, but this shifted to the CDC from from the vaccine manufacturers at this point. Um, it also made the VAERS system, which is the vaccine advent. Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, which is where all vaccine adverse events are reported now. They go into VAERS, and it was consolidated into one system, you know. Now, the VAERS, in theory, is, is a great system. The problem is, is when they made this bill, it's really got no... 
enforcement? There's no enforcement, basically. So, so it's it's what you would call a passive system where mm-hmm. people can report if they want. But it's voluntary want. reporting. It's voluntary, yeah. So, so there. I mean, you know, you look at bears, and there's. It's good that we have some data, and that there's somewhere that this stuff is being recorded. But the, you know, I mean, Harvard's done studies, and what less than one percent. Yeah, less than one percent. Less than one percent mm-hmm. of actual vaccine. Um, injuries. injuries are right. reported. Yeah, so it's so. like if you're a doctor, right, and you just really mess the kid up, you're like, oh shit, yeah, we're not afraid. Don't tell anybody about that. Yeah. Well, like, what are the chances that my doctor, when we were going back in, they were telling us, well, it's leukemia, and then she's yeah. vomiting, and all that. And what are the chances she yeah. reported it as a vaccine injury after she was, reported. you know? So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I mean, do you think Ian Hayden reported that? Well, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get him on his guest. Well, and the thing is, too, is how, and, the, and this is the thing, too, is how many parents are actually equating what's happening to their children after these vaccines, or, and, and when I say after, I mean, we're, we could talk the hours, the days, the weeks, or even in the years following, but, but there is a definite, um, a, you can watch this digression of these little humans in their, in their health and in their, and in their cognition and in, and in all aspects, and how many just, you know, are thinking to even report it to the doctors, to even have the doctors be able to report it to this voluntary reporting system. So it, the, the whole Certainly. situation is um, absolutely flawed, on top of which the CDC has blocked, essentially, the automation of it. They're, they are yeah. in, in staunch opposition of this happening. They Certainly. don't, they're not going to allow this to happen. They don't want this to happen in their... The automation um, of the VAR system, so they don't want it to automatically report it. Right, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you've ever, I mean, I, I, if you've ever looked at the VAERS system and tried to get some data out, it is, yeah. it is a mess. It, I've tried to like look up and get some data from it and you have to, I mean, maybe it's just I'm not medically trained and don't un- understand all these things, but I've, I've actually gone there and tried to pull information. It's, it's a mess, but th- that's, a, that's a whole nother story. Hmm. So, so when, at the, at the 1986, you know, um, the, the doctors were supposed to document all the reactions, um, you know, and, uh. And they were also supposed to read the vaccine information statements before they gave a vaccine. Mm. They were supposed to read these to parents. You know, there was, this was founded on informed consent. You know, we're, we're putting informed consent in there. Now, was that ever really done? You know, I mean, you know, the rest is history. In that right, sense. right, right. So, so at, when this happened, though, the, the companies and the Reagan administration opposed this bill because it didn't remove all the liability. They wanted complete liability. They were against this bill. So this bill going through now, now granted, you know, I mean, you could say uh, um, a lot of these things change and there's, you know, uh, Congress did the same ones that voted the same, essentially gutted it after it happened. And a lot of this stuff changed. But um, there's some key things that happened after this bill that made it the bill it is today. So in the so that was 1986. So in the end of December 1987, and this is, this will piss you off, man. This will piss you off. This is the dead of night. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Medical Association got an amendment attached to a budget reconciliation bill that let the doctors off the hook, removed liability. So now, now the doctors are completely not liable if, for vaccine injury. And they knew that the parents were against it, so they did it in a way that they couldn't be stopped. You know, right. I mean, this this kind of stuff happens in in a lot of different areas, but uh, but it's just an interesting detail how they they knew that they knew it wasn't okay. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, but then the real kicker on this thing was in in 2011 when this thing really became 
the, the bill it is today that we're all having to deal with. And um, that was the Supreme Court made law, essentially, in the court of uh, Bruisewitz versus Wyeth LLC. And um, Congress, Congress uh, really intended to let the companies completely off the hook, is what, is what Congress looked at the, the 1986 bill and said that what they, the intent of that bill was to, to let, let manufacturers completely off the hook. And uh, they, they referred to vaccines as unavoidably unsafe. So un think about that for a second. Just think about that. Congress just said, we know vaccines are unsafe, but we think it's so important that people are vaccinated that, that we're going to make this law that now there is no liability for, for any manufacturer, for the governing agencies, for the doctors that administer these, there is no liability. Now, what happened is they they did uh, they what they have now is called vaccine court. Mm -hmm. And so, if if your child is injured by vaccines and you report it through VAERS, and hopefully you know your doctor recorded it because you're going to go to the vaccine injury court and you're going to fight tooth and nail, man. I've listened to case after case. They do not let you like if you to win a case in vaccine court is very few and far between yep. these parents and story after story first of all the um it used to be and, it, and it's taxpayer money so it's not these these companies that are well, being held no, liable no, right no no, no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. essentially every vaccine in the childhood schedule oh. has a 75 cent tax on it oh gotcha so every 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 vaccine gets a 75 cent tax and it goes into this fund for vaccine court Okay. And there is this money now. Granted, now the entirety of vaccine court uh, payouts at this point is just is paid out off of interest. Oh, There's yeah, this yeah, huge yeah, yeah. sum of money yeah. sitting there that, that pays this thing out. And we and since its inception, it's paid out over four billion dollars. But this is this is a fraction of what it should be. And um, fraction. You know, you, you've heard there's if your child dies from a vaccine, the the most you can get is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So. Now, if you have a child who's permanently disabled, you can get millions. Then, how many times have I heard this story though? A parent goes takes uh, goes to vaccine court. They have a children that's dying from an injury, and they drag out this case long enough so they only have to pay the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yep, that happens repeatedly. Ooh. The the other thing that happens is, and it is not unusual in vaccine court for cases to go between five and ten years. Yep. So. So if you're, you have a vaccine injury or a vaccine injured child that you have to take care of now, you have all these extra costs and now you're fighting a case in vaccine court, they will starve you out yeah. until you can't. And, and what happens is, is they will offer you a settlement at some point when you can't afford to keep going. But the, in that settlement, they, your case will get buried. You cannot speak publicly. NDA, it, does, it doesn't go on the record. Non-disclosures, yep, no, yeah. Non-disclosures. Yep. This happens time and time again. I hear in these cases. So, so we are, we are hiding the truth, people. The truth. We're not. We're yeah, putting it out. We're, there. we're bringing yeah. it out. We're putting and, it out there. I mean, but you need to know as a parent, man. If you have a child that, and even if you don't, man. Like even if you just need to know that the, the manufacturers. Well, they're coming for us the next. The doctors. The. Uh, the, the regulating agencies, there is no liability. And that goes to show also that if there is a vaccine that could be better, there is absolutely no incentive for them to make it better. Mm -hmm. right. There's there's no incentive. They can't be sued. Yeah, but the science is settled, right? Oh, the science, the is, science settled. is settled. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> Here, let's, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what the uh, – and I heard that this – well, let's just play the clip. Go to clip one.
Go to clip one, everybody. Clip, clip one, people. Coming up. Vaccinations work. They save lives. That science is settled. Both are for the public good. We've known this about vaccines since the 1790s when Edward Jenner made vaccines that worked pretty well. Here's how vaccines work. We study a germ that is a bacterium or a virus. We call this particular one Gary. <laughs> Next, we study the outside of Gary the germ. And let's say like the pattern on this envelope, it's recognizable as Gary. Then inside, you'll find the germ's guts. Maybe inside this one, you'll find the germ's guts. Vicious bits of molecules that can make you sick. So to make a vaccine, scientists take the bug and modify it so that it can't hurt you. Then by placing it in your bloodstream, like this, your white blood cells learn to recognize that germ, and when they do, they attack it. So, so they say they say they modify the gene, right? So I think another thing that's interesting to point out too is this is from a clip uh, Del Big Tree episode three, early early Del Big Tree stuff, and he goes on to say after this, you know, it's like. You know, this is what they teach them in medical school, medical school. Very similar to this. It's a very cartoony, like, hey, look, at this is how, you know, this is how it's explained in medical school, how the vaccine science works. Just like that. Yeah. And, and I mean, this, they, this simplified version, I mean, and first of all, was the, the, the science is settled is a media soundbite. It is absolutely ridiculous in terms, like, how the science is settled. How would we ever go anywhere with science if the science was just settled? I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. They haven't right? even they haven't even worked through the science. They haven't begun to start looking at the science. Well, and also, this. and when they do come to uh, like conclusions that you know go against it, then that that gets covered up. Absolutely, right? immediately. You know, absolutely. Like, what was it? What was it? Um, we got we got William Thompson, yeah. who was the senior scientist with the with the CDC, yeah. admitting yeah. that they covered up. Uh, which one am I thinking of? Um, MMR. MMR, um, and he was their their senior. They're seminal MMN, MMR scientist, and he was there for working with him for 20 years. And at the, at the end of all this, he's come forward and, and basically, like in this contrition and this guilt, you know, said, like, now I see all these families, I see all these autistic children, and, and essentially I see all of these destroyed lives. And, and what have I done? And what did we do? Because mm -hmm. we did cover this up, we did uh, omit. Um, information. And, yeah. and that's essentially um, what the, the movie Vaxxed is centered around is that discovery and uh, William Thompson and I mean they they burned the evidence. They yep. straight up burned the evidence and I mean they, they found a correlation between MMR vaccine and autism in in, uh, in black boys I believe it was. But um, Should we go to clip two? Uh, I want to okay. just before right, we move right. on from clip yeah, yeah, one yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. I just that, that's yeah. Oh so, yeah perfect perfect. It's asinine. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean first of all like one of the major issues with vaccines is is that your, your white blood cells don't know to attack these synthetics that we put inside of us or just, you know, the dead versions. I mean, they have live versions and dead versions. One thing right off the bat is all vaccines are not the same. Right. They're not equal. We, vaccines are just not a word that means that everything is safe. They're all different. There's been vaccines that have been pulled. There's been vaccines that we've that government has deemed bad. There's been vaccines that 
you know, I mean, the DPT that we spoke of with Barbara Lowe Fisher, that vaccine got pulled and now we have the DTaP, right? And that's because the pertussis was the, the element of that that was causing brain damage in children, you know? So, right. so now they use a pertussis that's an acellular as opposed to the, the um, live version, right? So, and the problem with that one is, is that it barely works and that's pretty much known, right? right. So mm -hmm. there's efficacy and there's, um, and then there's the, you know, the damage that they cause essentially. And the, the, what we think is you think that when they say effective, that that just means they're hundred percent effective. Vaccines are not 100% effective and some of them. I mean, we all know that the flu shot is 10 to 40% effective and Well, and it's blanket medicine too because we're also what we're talking about is these uh, Vaccines that are filled with not just these active or inactivated uh, viruses yeah. we're talking about um, Formaldehyde we're talking about mercury. We're talking about aluminum. We're talking about uh, literally the the tissue of um, Other of, of aborted children. So we're talking about now. We've got a, a DNA element that's being injected to your children. We're talking about um, Animal DNA being injected to your children. So, you know f upwards of 50 ingredients um, Absolutely horrific. I mean is and if we're talking about just like the aluminum alone, we've got 10 to 100 times the safe level of, of aluminum that you can have in your system not having it be injected into your body. And, and now we're, we think about, you know, we've got women, pregnant women coming from all walks of life, right? Maybe one part of the country we have a problem with a lot of uh, metals, a lot of exposure to formaldehyde in the water. We've got all of these environmental factors that she's already got uh, within her system and maybe even from her own childhood and, and her own in utero experience. And now we've got her, you know, delivering this baby that maybe has, you know, physiologically is a little bit more compromised due to this baby's environment versus a woman on, you know, in this place in the country, in this place in the world. And so now we're giving this blanket vaccine to both of these children, assuming that that this uh, this aluminum and this mercury and all the formaldehyde and all of this crap that we're injecting into their system, which, which by the way, now what does the body do with all of this? Um, extra stuff that's going into, it goes into the brain and it stays in the brain um, so anyways it's a and, 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 and sidebar but up, you bring up a lot of good points there that I, I mean I would like to expand on a little bit of that and how it ties yep. into what we just watched as well and I think that one of the biggest myths that I got out of what uh, Bill Nye just brought to us here is that um, that your body just knows the, the white blood cells just know to attack this thing so then it learns and and the reason that we have aluminum and we used to have mercury we do have there's not mercury in most of our current um, vaccines they they, they for the it. most part they, yeah they, you know we kind of know that that one was messing people up so they they pulled it they, now there is it's still in about half of our flu shots yep. and uh, and it, it is interesting though they'll say oh the pregnant women shouldn't get those but if they're out of the one without mercury they're getting the one they're gonna mercury. give it to you right and, and they're not gonna tell you that's so, right so that is that is uh, another issue there but the, the reason we have these things in these shots is because your body doesn't know how to react so so these are what's called an adjuvant and in all these vaccines they have these adjuvants and it's so your your body will it, it agitates your body it's that's what it's there for so your your blood cells will know to go attack this thing and mm. so so that's why you have these toxic things in aluminum. Yeah, it is. They they've done these studies where they say, oh, well, it leaves your body so quick. But they've also done these other studies where they, I forget what these cells are called, but they're like these little sucker cells that go and pick up and move things around your body. And just like you said, they have found a lot of this aluminum ending up in the brain. 
Right. That is that is a very and I encourage you to go to, to find these scientists that are on the leading edge of aluminum. Aluminum is super toxic. There is this argument that it is not because we consume so much of it. And well, it's not true. You, if you look at aluminum just in terms of like a, off the top of my deodorant. Like yeah. a, antiperspirant um, has aluminum, and if you look at the studies of women who are uh, have breast cancer, you know we're putting this under our arm every single day, and when they are biopsying these these cancerous nodes, they are finding they're filled with aluminum, um, so absolutely toxic. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's a lot of great scientists that are doing that right now as we speak. Now, and it brings another point though that the, these scientists that are that are studying it, they. I said there's a lot, there's a couple of guys that I know of that are really on the cutting edge in this field because this comes back to the, the argument of why science is kind of a religion that I brought up last week is because to get funded on a study that goes against vaccine right now, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You have to, to get that funding, like, like I think there's a guy, uh, Chris, and I can't remember his name, but he's up in Canada and he's on some weird grant and like, you know, it's... It's year to year. You don't know if that money's running out, and there's no one really to fund these things. And it's um, so, anyways, there is science out there to prove that. And I, I trust, again, again, like we are going to say on every one of these episodes, is please do your critical thinking and go do some research yourself. We've done a lot of research on these subjects, but um, but we can only get you started, you know. And um, but back to these vaccines, you know, you see so you got these adjuvants, and and it's meant to agitate, so so your white blood cells will know to go to go attack these things, you know? And so, but these adjuvants, I mean, right off the bat, the, so you've agitated this, you know, why do we see so many people with autoimmune diseases today? Right. You know, well, we're agitating people's uh, immune system. And, and then what, what if you ate peanut butter that day? Right. You know, right. Maybe you get a peanut butter allergy. And I'm, I'm not going to be, tell you that I'm the scientist that's like discovered some new thing, but there is a lot of arguments to be made in this, in this realm. Right. And I, again, I encourage you to go, to go look at autoimmune disease. The, the most logical thing that any of them could be traced back to is vaccines, in my opinion. Well, and then I was reading today, I don't know if either of you have come across this either, but that um, one in two children now are basically being diagnosed as having an autoimmune disorder. So this is, that's, that's extreme extraordinarily a huge uh it's a huge concern and it's something that really should be opening um it really should be opening eyes and we need to be looking closer deeper and and very very quickly at what is happening um and what's being pushed on us as families as parents what's being put into our children and and the fact that there is no study also to look at children you know that are immunized versus children that are not there is no study to look at developmentally what is happening mm -hmm. to look at health-wise what is happening um there so are studies, deal. though, and there are and there are statistics that you can get out there that'll show you know the, the countries that have higher vaccination rates have less healthy children. Absolutely, there there you can there is a direct correlation mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, again, I, I find that data. Maybe we'll get to see if we can get a graph and put it up here mm -hmm. because I've I've seen them. But uh, anywho. Um, yeah, it's Lost, crazy, yeah, dude. I'm losing my train of thought a little bit. That's I get right. so, so into this issue. I, I mean, I, I love this issue, but I'm very passionate about it. But um, it is, it's really sickening at the same time. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's so, sickening. Uh -huh. So who are some of the players in this right now? So what we're seeing on the main stage, everybody, you know, say it with me. 
Anthony yeah. Fauci? Oh, uh, I was going to say Bill Gates. Oh, Bill oh Gates. yeah. Gates has his Gates. hand all okay. over all of it. So, oh, Take man. it away. Yeah. Tell I us. mean, if you guys have not seen it already, um, James Corbett, CorbettReport.com, has yeah, a really a phenomenal four-piece documentary series sourced start to finish. Um, it's one of the most amazing things, you know, just one of the most amazing documentaries I've ever seen. And it's just like so on point with this stuff, man. Like he just really, really shows. And we talked a little bit about it last time, literally how he's infiltrated every part of like the whole global health market. Um, he's the number two uh, funder of the World Health Organization behind the United States. And, I, you know, I think the United States has pulled their funding. So that makes the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation the number one funder of the World Health Organization, who is the one that is guiding all of the mandates and the rollouts throughout this whole thing. Um, he's been stated on camera saying that he's getting a 20 to one return on his investment for global <laughs> vaccines. So there's the money right there. Um, you know, he, in 2010, he, with a $10 billion grant, he launched what he called the decade of vaccines. Um, you know, um, this was, a. so it's not really, you know, like, like James Corbett points out, man, this is not, uh, like some happenstance that he happens to be, you know, the person leading the charge to glo- to vaccinate the entire world. Um, this is exactly according to plan. This has been the plan all along. You know, it, it, it needed a, a contrived situation in order to put this last piece of the puzzle into effect. But this has been the plan all along. You know, it's not even, yep. it's not, it's almost not available. It isn't you know? he the second biggest contributor to uh, World Health Organization? That's what I said. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was lost good. in my notes no, for a good. moment. So yep, number yep, one, yep. No. okay, right. Um, who's, who, yeah, and, uh, you know, and I think Ed was saying earlier, like, you know, they haven't been able to come up with any sort of vaccine for SARS or MERS, these other coronaviruses from the past. Um, and they haven't figured out a way not to kill our kids with the ones that they have out now. Yeah, and, and so, so they're they're now they have this rush time frame, eighteen months. You got to have one within eighteen months, right? Um, and so uh, they're exploring new and untested methods like DNA vaccines, mRNA vaccines that are going to go in and uh, that's exactly what they're yeah, working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just exactly like, and we don't even know what those are, but but at the same time, those are going to be the solution, and we don't even know what they are, but they're the solution. You know, it's insane. We've got the Health and Human DNA Services Agency with their, what is it, their Healthy People 2020 yeah. uh, agenda to... Yeah. Uh, to yeah. And, yeah. If, and if that doesn't piss you off enough... Oh, no, sorry, no, no go for it. And if that doesn't piss you off enough, so uh, what, just today you said like Colorado uh, mandated vaccines, right? Yeah, and that is disgusting. What, what, what do you know about that? Like, so they don't even have a vaccine, but they're already saying you have to have it. Yeah, there's it's not even available as as Dell Bigtree would call it. It's a vaccine unicorn. Yeah, vaccine it's, unicorn. It's the vaccine unicorn. This mythical vaccine that doesn't exist, but it's going to save us all. Well, let's say let's say you don't want to take the vaccine, right? Um, so uh, there's a constitutional lawyer. His name's Alan Dershowitz. You might have heard of him. He and uh, Kenneth Starr and a couple other lawyers were uh, helped to uh, represent Jeffrey Epstein back in 2008. They got him his sweetheart deal. <laughs> Um, you know, you definitely Good should guys, look into through that. through and through. Um, he recently uh, represented Donald Trump in his whole in, uh, impeachment scandal. So Alan Dershowitz is a very powerful and influential uh, constitutional lawyer in in the world that we have today. And here's an interview uh, of his um, from CrowdSource The Truth from May 20th, 2020. And this is uh, right out of the, man, the man's mouth himself. Uh, let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread a disease even if you disagree you have no right not to be vaccinated you have no right not to wear a mask you have no right to open up your business wait can i stop you yeah no right not to be vaccinated meaning if they decide you have to be vaccinated we have to be vaccinated absolutely and if you refuse to be vaccinated the state has the power 
to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. If the vaccine Where is that in the Constitution? To prevent if the vaccination is designed to Where so, is that in the Constitution? So, I, mean, I, mean, I mean there it is right there, you know, you, you know and, and uh, New World Order. So it's insane. And and so um, you know, I, I want you know, and I would say Dell speechless. Yeah. Dell interviews yep. Dershowitz yep. Um, after that, and yep. I, that's a, something you should definitely watch. Yep. Uh, yep. And so if, if I do anything, I, I would like to plug a couple of things. The totally. High Wire with Dell Bigtree is mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things. Um, in the it's world. a YouTube and, show and yep. a, a podcast. Yep. It's available in podcast um, form too. And Vaccine Conversation is a podcast that um, really has all of this information. Um, Let's see the nfic.org. That's Barbara Lowe Fisher. Um, that's her website, and they and again, if you're a parent and you want to know what the laws are in your uh, state, and if the new laws are popping up, if they're if uh, if the lobbyists are bringing something new, nvic.org has they have every state on there. They're researching all the time. It's up to date. You can know exactly what's going on in your state, how you can get involved, how you can be helped. And there's 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 groups all over the country as well. I mean, here it's uh, Oregonians for Medical Freedom. And, uh, you know, I mean, we have we have uh, billboards going up that are just, just putting facts about vaccines that mm-hmm. piss people off. They're just facts, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Why do they piss you off so much? But, yeah. uh, and so ask yourself, why are you so pissed off? And that's, yeah. I think we all, we all were, look, and we have kids that have been injured by yes. vaccines. And yes. when we have been told the exact same lies, we were just as upset just as up in arms about all this and, and nobody wants to face that this is something that and, and as parents I think that's a really hard thing like I I put my I with through through my not having knowledge and through them essentially keeping the public from having this knowledge I've put my child in this uh, dangerous potentially life-threatening um, situation and and I think that that's hard to let go and to yeah. excel and to understand that but also understand that it's not the parents fault this is not a, a, a burden that is to blame for parents this is um, something that we're all just becoming aware of that we're in, and all of us are victims in this life all of us are victims in this absolute um, sham this this absolute mockery of of this agenda to keep children and 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 by extension the population at large well and healthy um, so. Yeah, and I just want to touch. I, I think you bring up a really good point that we have to forgive ourselves. Yep. This was not our idea. Nope. This, but but when you know when you have the knowledge, once you have the knowledge, you have to. Now you have now, to. Act. Now you have to. And and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you should not vaccinate your children. I'm not going to tell you that every vaccine is bad. I'm going to tell you to to research before you vaccinate because because the the reality is is um you need to weigh the costs and benefits of yeah. every medical decision and that is a parents a parents what we should be doing that's what we should be doing for ourselves individually this is this is how the medical system should be founded i truly believe mm-hmm. on informed consent mm-hmm. informed consent should be so key but um i i do think you know there are conditions that a vaccine could be a better alternative than than not vaccinating. I'm not going to tell you that, to not do that in that realm, but you need to do that research because if you don't do the research and you have a vaccine injury child, now that you've heard this podcast, it is your fault. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, totally. And I, I think I just want to touch. I know I don't think that we touched on this, but just to look at at context when we're looking at. Um, 
what they've pushed, like just, I just want to go back to like when I was a kid, you know, in the, I'm not supposed to say, but in the late seventies. Um, but, um, you know, the, the schedule was, uh, for seven diseases at that time, I believe. 16 doses and, for seven diseases and now we're, in 1980. And now we're at 16 different, uh, things that they want to immunize against. And we're talking what, uh, 72, it's 72 shots. So you, it's 69 to 72, depending, depending on how you look okay. at it. So around 70 <laughs> shots uh, into your minor child. And, and what we were seeing from when I was a child is, you know, autism at a rate of like one in 10,000. Um, and what we are seeing today is one in 45, how many? One in 36. One in 36. So there are correlations to be looked at here. There's absolutely um, deeper delving to look into. And, and if you're not finding information that justifies and that makes you feel good that this is appropriate and proper for your family, for your child, then, then by God, speak up. And, and I just have to touch when you, when you bring up the word autism because that is the, most, that is the one that shuts everybody down. It the, does. The link. And uh, they'll say it's been debunked. No, it, hasn't. Been it absolutely <laughs> has been not. It has not. But, but the thing is, and here, here's what we need to, to do, and the, the theory is um, one of the main arguments they'll use is that, well, the autism spectrum disorder, you know, they when they change the, you know, what it covers, that that brought it from 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 36, you know? And we do have data that was 1 in 10,000. Right. There is data that will show that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I encourage you to look at uh, J.B. Handley. Is, uh, he's written some books on it, and uh, man, the, he's a, a really positive person in this fight. He's from Portland, Oregon as well. Um, and uh, there's a lot of good information there. But the first thing you need to do with, with autism and that they, they have taught us to, to go against is admit that it is an epidemic. We have an autism epidemic. This is not natural. It is not natural. We have to, we can't even deal with the problem until we admit there's a problem. Right. We must admit there's a problem. And I know that if you have a child that's, that's gone autistic and you know, it's, it's so hard and it's like what you're talking about because you're gonna, because then you have to put this blame on yourself. It's not your no, fault. It's not. Forgive yourself, but admit that there's a problem. Absolutely. Because until we admit there's a problem, we can't deal with it. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, because all along we've got so we've got the CDC blocking the the automation of the the vaccine reporting. We've got the CDC ignoring the Institute of Medicine's uh, call to identify injuries caused by vaccines. We've got the CDC ignoring the Institute of Medicine's calls to identify children that are susceptible to uh, vaccine injury. And then we've have the CDC's blanket claim that vaccines do not cause autism, which is not in any way backed up by factual information or scientific mm -hmm. evidence. That, in yeah. any way, you cannot find that because it doesn't exist. And what about the revolving door right the revolving door <laughs> uh, you know door. so we have uh you know we talked a little bit about just the you know the vaccine the corruption involved in that but the revolving door is the people that come in and out of these regulatory agencies like the cdc the nih the fda and then uh, they go right back to working at a pharmaceutical company right and we and got forth. names we got names names for right you. we got names so we have uh fda commissioner from 2017 to 2019 scott gottlieb left to go work at pfizer um, so, you know, the, the, kind of the funny thing is that, you know, you, you, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, you know, yeah. and while during, during his time uh, at the FDA, he decreased the number of inspections on foreign and domestic drug manufacturers, and he sped up the approval process for experimental and generic drugs, leading uh, many to uh, question whether the cheaper, newer drugs hitting the market were actually safe. Um, and those policies directly benefited big, big farmers' bottom line. And I'm quoting this from an article from The Hill, honestly, and I'll, and I'll put links in the bottom in the show notes. Um, you know, uh, big pharma CEOs across the board were said to 
uh, they were sad to see Gottlieb leave. Um, and the article title is The Big Pharma, or For Big Pharma, The Revolving Door Keeps Spinning. Um, and it goes on to talk about Dr. Robert Califf, um, current, he's current FDA commissioner, I think, or at the time of this article was written anyway. Uh, he had many business dealings with pharma, big pharma, uh, via his disclosures while uh, applying for the position. Um, and then uh, will transfer to a full-time role with Alphabet Company. Now, if you've never heard of Alphabet <laughs> Company, um, Alphabet is the company that owns Google. So, you know, you think Google is the end-all, be-all of, of power and dominance in this plane. But no, actually, there's a holding company called yeah. Alphabet uh, that, that owns uh, Google. Um, and so he's going to be moving over to them as the head of medical strategy and policy. So also we have FDA Commissioner Margaret Hamburg, who was the uh, commissioner from 2009 to 2015, stepped down uh, due to uh, controversy centered around her husband's uh, management of a hedge fund uh, that involved uh, millions for big pharma. Um, there was a RICO lawsuit involved um, um, because uh, her policies were benefiting Johnson & Johnson. Um, current Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar, again, current at the time this article was written, president of Eli Lilly, huge pharma company, um, and they're actually, uh, what I was looking at today, are looking, and they're working on a COVID vaccine right now. Um, Michael Lauchs Lukes uh, worked, L-O-U-C-K-S, worked as a lawyer for the Department of Justice who sued, was able to extract $2.3 billion out of Pfizer while he was at the Department of Justice in lawsuits, and then he ended up going to Skaden Arps Law Firm, who actually represents Pfizer. So, um, yeah, so that's some good stuff, man. And we talked about the lobbyists, man. Like, it's, um, it's a dirty, dirty game. I mean, the CDC has patents on, and I can't remember the numbers now. I mean, they, they, they have so much money on patents on vaccine. I mean, and, and, and it's the uh, Health and Human Services Agency that is meant to oversee. Mm -hmm. How do they to, get profit? How can they profit? That right, absolutely. Sense. So, yeah, it's, it's that all. That makes no sense. That seems like a conflict yeah. of interest right there. The regulatory body is profiting from. That just, okay, I'm done. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so look into that. <laughs> look into that. This is super, super important when you're making these decisions and you're looking at, okay, so if you want to look at beyond the ingredients in these vaccines, you just look at um, the, corruption. the corruption and, and the where, corruption. I mean, it's really not that hard to find, and there are going to be all kinds of links and, and mm -hmm. notes at the bottom here. But And, and I will say just, just back it up to, to where we talked about how what the schedule is today. You know, we're at 69 doses. I mean, there are over 100 approved vaccines sitting there waiting to be implemented by the CDC, put onto a mm -hmm. schedule. There's over a thousand in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. So this this is this is not over by any yeah. we we need to stop the train before it keeps going and we're all just yeah, I mean mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man, yeah. And then like, you know, I think another uh, good point is that like, you know, for a regular drug to come to market you know, um, those are much more rigorous standards for testing, right? Certainly, you know, certainly. like just your your just your average blood pressure medicine or every other drug, is. in fact, except yeah. vaccines. Yeah, it's, every it's, single it's, other drug except vaccines yeah, it has is, to be like double blind, placebo based. Uh, you know, 10, 15 year yep. clinical trials, right? Yes. That, that's what the man. And can you imagine how much, how many billions of dollars these companies get and after they're pour still into that? sued over these drugs because yeah, there's yeah. issues with them, yeah, right? And they're still, still liable for yeah. these. That's yes. correct. But do they do double blind nope. placebo None. clinical trials with vaccines? Never have been. No, no. I mean the no, current, the current, uh, the coronavirus that they're that the vaccine that they're doing, the, the the placebo they're using is the MMR vaccine because that's deemed safe oh, and effective. Oh God! So they're that's using the a vaccine as they're, the placebo. Yes, they're using. 
Right. Oh, that is the standard of acceptance. You're killing me. You're killing that me. is correct. That, you're that is, killing that's me. how they do all vaccines. Okay. Literally, that's how they test every vaccine. They test it versus another vaccine. Oh, so no. how can we say they're safe? We right. can't say they're safe. Right. If you say they're safe, you, show me the studies. Right. That's, that's insane. Yeah. Show, show me the study group of children that were not immunized versus the children that were. Yeah. You know, yep. at, yeah. at, and and not at three and four days uh, post vaccine. Let's sure. let's see it at six months. Let's see it at a year. Let's see a ten year studies. Let's look at uh, reproductive health in the twenties. Let's let's sure. look at a real study. Yeah. Which there uh, uh, thus far are none. Yep. So and we the get, CDC has made sure of it. Totally, dude. That's insane. And like so, uh, Dr. Shiva. Oh, Butcher's last name. Uh, just call, Dr. Shiva. Dr. Shiva. Yeah. Just Shiva. Shiva. Call Shiva, man. He's, he's another actor. We love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's, 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 you know, I've heard some things like on like Sam's show on Tinfoil Hazard, like you know, some, or maybe it wasn't Sam's show. But it comes up like maybe he's like controlled opposition or something. It's like, dude, but go listen to what he has to say. Right. He has valid yeah. points, yeah. dude. I don't care. Dude. He's, he's a very, very he's intelligent, legit. very legitimate yes. Yeah. Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy. He's, Robert he's, F. Kennedy Jr. He's, uh, he's fighting fighting hard in, in in the legal battles that are going yeah. going through with this. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's a big player. Um yeah, I mean there's I, I mean I already touched on some of the a lot of the different sites and things that yeah. um, I believe in. Uh, yeah, there'll be no there'll be links on the bottom and so yeah. Damn guys. Yeah I think any final thoughts? You know, um I, I really what I would leave you with is like I said before, I've listened to hundreds of hours. There's plenty of documentaries. There are so many articles. Please do some research on this. Um, you know, how many times am I on social media and I see someone who doesn't have children post a meme about uh, anti- the anti-vaxxers? And, and, yep. And it's on the daily. You know, I mean, it's it's it disgusts me. But also, when when you put yourself in the, those shoes, man, you gotta you gotta inject your child with sixty nine things. And, and you know, you know, you're taking chances people. with their brain, with their, with their literal, the rest of their lives, with their quality of life and their ability to function with their peers and to take care of themselves and to have a, a quality of life that they, that they maybe are going to have taken away from them simply because of engaging in these practices. It is your responsibility. Absolutely. It is your responsibility to do the research because there, no one's going to do it for you. And the reality is, is we're going to lose our choice real soon if yeah. we don't if we don't join together against it yeah and that's that's what this is all about is th- this is just one aspect of the control that they're trying to implement right yep. now yep. but this this is a piece that's um you know it's oh man yeah it's a big one it's a big especially one. now more than ever it's never been more important yeah. awesome Take us out, All Megan. right. So, um, in closing, I guess I know you said that you're not going to say uh, no to vaccines, and you're not telling people not to do that. Um, I guess we can't really take that stance. We'll say definitely uh, check for yourselves. But yes. um, from a personal uh, level, um, in closing, I think just uh, at least uh, use information to not allow them to um, pervert and destroy um, the intricacies and integrities of our minds and the minds of our children through the introduction of, of harmful debilitating, um, destructive um, poisons and, and, and toxic 
substances, um, we have this distinct opportunity that I feel like that our parents did not have because they did not have the resources available to them. They cannot just pull up the internet. They cannot just research things out. Um, and, and so we have this opportunity to offer our kids um, a chance at a, at a cleaner mind, a cleaner nervous system so that they can navigate this life in the way that they were fully meant to. And it's really not too late for us to put our foot in the door of this lie of, of all lies. Um, I f- wanna say uh, may we each be ever intentional in our search for truth and uh, the application of knowledge um, so that our freedom and the freedoms of those that are gonna come after us are gonna be uh, preserved. We have uh, all been uh, force-fed a blue pill for uh, a long, long time, and it is time to take that red pill, and uh, uh, we wish you intellectual prosperity. And just for the record, I'm never vaccinating my children again, and I'm never gonna be. I'm never taking a coronavirus vaccine or never. any vaccine. Nope. You're, you're gonna have to fucking miss me with that shit. Yeah. Yep. Never. <laughs> yep. Oh, and if you think blue and red pill means Republican and Democrat, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> yeah. Go, go watch The Matrix. Good night, everybody. Good, Good night. night. Thank you. Thank you.